A reading from the book of Malachi. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, as and in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be swift to bear witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired workers in their wages, the widow and the orphan, against those who thrust aside the alien and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, have not perished. See, the day, of, day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers shall be stubble. The day that comes shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who revere my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet on the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember the teaching of my servant Moses, the statutes and ordinances that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Lo, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents so that I will not come and strike the land with a curse. The word of the Lord. So I thought maybe I'd be able to leave this on while I preached. I don't want ever to be accused of being an on-again, off-again preacher. Huh? Some things you just have to say or they fester inside of you, you know, they'll eventually explode. Many of you know that much of my theology I learn from either country western songs or bumper stickers. One of my favorite bumper stickers goes like this. God is coming. And boy, is she ticked off. <laughs> Advent is a season in which we think again about the coming of the Lord. We think again about the advent of the Savior that, yes, happened so long ago, but that he promised would happen again. We are preparing to celebrate the birth 
of the Savior in the world. And we're doing that in this Advent season by considering some of the biblical texts upon which Handel based his wonderful music of the Messiah. Last week, we talked about a lovely topic, something that every preacher wants to preach. We talked about the comfort that God offers to us in the gift of the Good Shepherd, Jesus the Savior. Today's topic is a topic about which no preacher wants to preach. I tried to get Jan to preach. She said, uh-uh. <laughs> I tried to get Neil to preach. You see, he just left. <laughs> He's teaching the high school kids this morning. Comfort my people, says your God. But then we have to think about other pieces of Scripture that are not so comfortable for us. We're looking today at the last book in the Old Testament and the last words in the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi lived and prophesied sometime around 500 to 450 years before Jesus. Malachi prophesied as the exiles had been returning from Babylon, as they had been mixing again with those of the Jewish nation who had not been forced to leave. Malachi preached a message from God as the people were trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and their temple, as they were trying to rebuild the delicate social fabric of their nation, as they were trying to rebuild their economy, their identity, their very life as a people of God. It really wasn't going so well. It was not easy. And Israel never again really achieved the status of prosperity and power that it once had enjoyed under David. Nevertheless, Malachi has a word from God that begins in the opening sentence of this short little book with God saying to the people, I have loved you. Immediately, Israel's response, as Malachi identifies it, is to say something to the effect of, Oh, really? You've loved us? We were enslaved for 400 years. We wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. We came into the promised land, and it took us 300 years to get our act together and become a nation. Things were pretty good under David, under Solomon, but then they began to fall apart again. Now the Assyrians and the Babylonians have overthrown us, and we get to come back to a ruined, destroyed, mere shadow of who we once were. You've loved us? The whole book of Malachi is really an argument between God and the people. It's as if you're in a courtroom and God is on the dock being tried, accused by Israel of not loving them. God nevertheless continues to maintain his steadfast 
love for the people. In a sense, this little book of Malachi summarizes the entire message of the Old Testament about God's steadfast love that creates all things, that redeems all things, that sustains all things. And as we come to the final chapters and sentences of this book, we hear God's final argument. God says, I am sending my messenger, my messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. God says, I will send you my prophet Elijah. God is going to show up again. That's really cool. The messenger of the covenant will be here. This is the only place in the Old Testament where that phrase actually occurs, the messenger of the covenant. When the Jews heard that word covenant, it immediately brought to mind really the whole story of the Old Testament. God's covenant to create and sustain his creation. God's promise never again to destroy all of the creation in a great flood. A covenant that is guaranteed by the sign of the rainbow. A covenant to make of the people a great nation under Abraham. To give them a holy land, a promised land as their home. A covenant always to be with them, never to forsake them. Not even in their slavery in Egypt not even in the continual challenge to God's plan to create a people. The covenant is all about comfort. God is with you, and his promise to you will never be broken because he's God. That's a beautiful thought. That is the comforting thought of the Old Testament. But just like all the infomercials you've ever seen, we have to say, but wait, there's more. <laughs> I will send my messenger of the covenant, but, but who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be swift to bear witness against those who do not fear me. The great and terrible day of the Lord is coming. The word of God to us is a word of both comfort and confrontation. It's like when you go to have your annual physical and you've had your blood taken and they've tested everything about it and you sit there finally in that little cubicle where they have stripped you of everything <laughs> and the physician walks in and says, I've been studying your lab results and I have good news for you, but there's some things we need to talk about. Or at the end of the year, you walk in to see your accountant. Ooh, that's coming soon, isn't it? <laughs> and the person in charge of your financial life says, you've done really well this year, but... Or when you walk into the lawyer's office, and he opens the will, and he says, you're in it, but...
there is a confrontation that is inescapable for us when we confess and when we hope and when we believe that God is going to show up. God must confront us with our sin. God says, I'm going to deal with sorcerers, adulterers, liars, oppressors against the powerless and the needy, those who are against God. And we say, right on, God. There's a bunch of bad folks over there doing bad stuff. Go get them. But here's a question. Is this just about them? Or is it about us? You see, Advent and Christmas is not just about a sweet baby born to make us happy and mushy. <laughs> it's about a baby who grows up, who is the Lord of all things, the master of all things, the owner of the universe, for heaven's sakes. Literally, for heaven's sakes. And there will be a reckoning with him. The sweet little Jesus boy grew up to challenge the corrupt and misguided leaders of the faith who were not feeding their flock with the grace and love of God. This beautiful little baby in Bethlehem grew up to challenge the mightiest nation on earth that thought that it was right because of its might. Jesus grew up and preached a message that began this way, repent, turn around, and see that the kingdom of heaven is here. There is no one who is exempt from the confrontation and challenge presented to us when the Lord shows up. That's why Jesus taught us when we pray to say, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. That's why Paul would say as he wrote his letter to the Romans, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so Malachi says for us, who can endure the pure and piercing light of God's judgment on our lives? We had read for us a moment ago the last words of the Old Testament, and the very last word of the Old Testament is one that I don't like. It's the word curse. Is that where it ends? It's where the Old Testament ends. It's such a difficult concept for us to wrap our minds around that the end might be about a curse, that in much traditional Jewish faith, when that section of Malachi is read, they go back and read the previous verses that talk about God's love after they finish 
with the word curse. They can't bring themselves to say it as the final word. And that's actually a good sign to me. It's a good sign because it says somewhere deep in the human soul we know that curse is not God's final word. Malachi says it earlier for us, what's actually going on when the messenger of the covenant comes to confront us. He says he's like a refiner's fire and a purifier of silver. The son of righteousness will rise and the messenger will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and children to their parents. Here's where the confrontational, seemingly bad news turns out to be good news. Good news for those who will receive the messenger and the message that he brings. You see, evil, if it is ever to be addressed in our world, must be identified. Sin, if it is ever to be solved in this world, must be seen for what it is. Death, if it ever is to be destroyed in our world, must be dealt a killing blow. And that's where our hope is. And the one who said, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, O children of Jacob, you have not perished. It's easy to skip that little part of Malachi because we get so wound up in the judgment of God that's going to put away all the evil from among us and take care of all the problems that other people cause for us and take care even of the sin that is in us. But there it is. God says, I do not change. My covenant with you is sure and steadfast. It is only because of my steadfast love that you have not already perished. God says, I have loved you and I love you still and I love you so much that I will confront your sin so that you can be refined, purified, and healed. One of my other favorite bumper stickers says, Jesus is coming. Look busy. Indeed. With what shall we be busy? We shall be busy with looking inside and then looking outside at the evil, the death, the destruction, the sin that is everywhere. But then also looking for the refining and healing touch of God that was born one night in Bethlehem and died one afternoon in Jerusalem and then rose from the grave in order to rescue us all. If we will but receive the gift of his confronting and renewing love. Pray with me. Lord God, in your grace and mercy, you help us not to wash over and ignore the sin that is around us, not to 
focus only on the death and destruction that is around us, not only to give up on ourselves, but you help us to see and know who we really are so that we can see and know who we really will become and have become as we follow your Son. In his name we pray. Amen.